Welcome to Living Water Radio. What has cold water done for you lately? Everything. Today, we're going to find out why. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ, ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I was near the crest of Coldwater Canyon Drive the other day. It's one of the two north-south canyons that connect the San Fernando Valley with the west side area of L.A. and the city of Beverly Hills. Mulholland Drive runs east and west, and it was just south of me, and the Tree People, an L.A. environmental advocacy group, was just north of me. A green space, including the Coldwater Canyon open space, the Franklin Canyon Park, North Beverly Park, and the Coldwater Canyon Park runs continuously from where I was to just a few blocks short of Sunset Boulevard. Sally and I drive over cold water quite often for doctor's appointments or when Sally is serving as a docent at the Museum of Tolerance. Cold water reminds me of the brother and sister from the city who were sent to spend a few summer weeks with their grandfather in the mountains. They were dropped off at a simple cabin just in time for dinner, and the grandfather told them they could set the table with dishes from a pile on the floor. Grandpa, are those dishes clean, they asked. They're as clean as cold water can make them, he said. But if you want, you can get some dishes from the cupboard. They looked into the cupboard and said, Grandpa, are those dishes clean? They're as clean as cold water can make them, he said. They put the dishes on the table and had dinner with their grandpa. When dinner was over, Grandpa collected the dishes, put them on the floor, and walked over to the door. He whistled out the door and he yelled, Here, cold water! Come here, boy. There's quite a view from up there. I imagine you can see the ocean on a clear day. Views like that are inspiring. They give us the really big picture that we don't ordinarily see. The slight feeling of danger amplifies our knowledge of our own mortality. It intensifies our sense of the importance of what we see. It can turn a vista into a vision of what is possible. Awe can do the same thing. Sometimes we have what are called mountaintop experiences for the very same reasons, but you don't have to be on a mountaintop to have them. Those mountaintop experiences are internal. Some of us remember our baptisms in this way. Many of us don't. We were too young to remember them. But remember them or not, the result is just the same. Baptism is a gift. We never earn it, we can't fully understand it or deserve it. It's a gift of God's grace, God's unearned love for us. It is water and the word of God that accomplishes the gifts of forgiveness, of freedom from death and all the forces that defy God, and of everlasting salvation to all who believe these things that God has promised. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, beginning at the third verse, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to receive these things. The Holy Spirit is like a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Cold water. One of the passages from the Bible that uses the image of streams of living water as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit is John 4, beginning at the fifth verse. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. Well water is cold water. Our baptism is usually accomplished in cold water. Some people are baptized in river water because it moves. It is what people in the time of Jesus called living water. Some are baptized by pouring, a method that is also one of the earliest depicted in Christian art. The water is cold, but it brings life. Some churches have baptistries that allow full immersion baptism, and they are sometimes heated. I proposed putting one into the new worship and administration building we built when I served as a pastor in San Dimas. I don't think that the amount of water matters. Baptism is the water and the word. But I think that full immersion baptism is a better image of dying and rising while not being necessary for a valid baptism. But we decided not to install a baptistry. We didn't install it because the mechanical engineer in our congregation who was donating his services told our committee that putting in a baptistry is viewed by the county of Los Angeles as installing an indoor swimming pool and requires all kinds of special piping and regular inspections, and it's expensive. We ran water piping outside and capped it off near a rose garden for when we had the funds to build it instead. Actions have consequences. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the gift of baptism have consequences for our lives. That cold water with the Word makes us a new creation by the grace of God. We are born again. Our lives are made new in the faith that is also God's gift to us. The consequences of newness of life in Christ include lives lived for the sake of others within the congregations where we serve and how we treat people within the whole people of God and among all people in need who are our brothers and sisters. Jesus said in Matthew 10, starting at the 40th verse, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. 
Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. What has cold water done for us lately? Everything. We live in response to what God has done in the world. We act toward those who are little in faith and little in years because worldly status means nothing. We are children of God, baptized in cold water, so that we might see the big picture that God reveals to us in the Word and the sacraments. We are baptized in cold water so that we might be awakened to newness of life. We are baptized in cold water, and as a result, we are born again. We are servants of others in the name of Jesus Christ. What does baptism mean for daily living? 16th century church reformer Martin Luther asked. He replied, It means that our sinful self, with all its evil deeds and desires, should be drowned through daily repentance, and that day after day a new self should arise to live with God in righteousness and purity forever. St. Paul writes in Romans 6, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccine, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkettall, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Get your vaccine. It is the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Avoid crowds if you can and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and encourager. 
Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <music>